and welcome to another episode of Untraditionally Traditional, a podcast with me, Brittany Duncan, a millennial homemaker. Join me each week as I share all the things I've learned that make keeping your home, garden, and life running smoothly all while working. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so you get the episodes downloaded straight to you every Monday. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. I hope that you are having a good day off, hopefully, or if you're not off, I hope that you are gearing up to take tomorrow off for the 4th of July and have some exciting plans. I took off a four-day weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to spend with my in-laws and husband up at our family cabin up in Stanley, Idaho, and it was awesome. And so now I have one day of work this Monday, and then I'll be off for 4th of July, too, and I'm excited. I've got plans for banana pudding, which is one of my favorites after my little southern heart here. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the top 10 kitchen tools that I love, and I broke it into two categories, expensive and inexpensive, and I know that those are relative terms depending where you are in your career or financial journey. There's periods of my life when I had to save up for these things, or I a lot of them I only received because they were gifts, and um, I know that, you know, not all these things are obtainable for everyone. Or on the flip side, you might think that these are totally obtainable, in which case I highly recommend buying them. But I do have 10 inexpensive items that I think make everything better in the kitchen and are totally worth procuring. So I will dive into the list, starting with the inexpensive items. I've talked about this before on Instagram, but masking tape and a Sharpie. I also mentioned it on the freezer episode. I can't say enough about labeling what goes into your freezer. It makes all the difference so that you're not wondering what is in this Tupperware. When did this go in here? Is this still good? So um, masking tape really holds up in the freezer. And um, so just the Sharpie. And so I recommend just keeping those things handy to label food. It's also really nice because it peels off and you can throw it away. So definitely get those. Um, Along that same vein is quart containers. I get them in a half quart and full quart size. You can order them on Amazon. They're used in professional kitchens a lot. And you can prep, store in there. They freeze well. You can put broth in there. You can put soup in there, rice, whatever you're making and freeze it. Um, But they're also really handy in the fridge or for taking lunches and that kind of thing. You can get leak-proof ones as well. I will say I wouldn't microwave them. They're definitely not that kind of plastic. So... Uh, depending on your feelings about plastic containers. I know glass are definitely more uh, healthful and better for you, but I do like the ease of quart containers and being able to measure in them. You know, I know a quart is four cups, so half quart is two cups, that kind of thing. So those are really great. Number three is a, a process as well as items, but that is an organized spice display. Having your spices in pretty jars that are labeled, that are out, and you can see makes a world of difference for your cooking. You are more passionate about adding flavor to your food. It's fun to be able to see them. You also can monitor when the levels are getting low and when you might need to replace something. So highly recommend doing that. I did it when we bought our house here in Boise, and for the first time, 
really organized it and made it look aesthetically pleasing right in front of my face. It's in front of our wood cutting board, which is where I prep everything for our meals. And it's wonderful. I love it. Can't say enough. Do it. Number four is a knife sharpener. And they make all sorts of different ones. It does not need to be expensive, especially if you don't have super nice knives. If you have really nice knives, I would go ahead and get a nice knife sharpener or get them professionally sharpened and you'll probably want a honing steel for that which is a little bit different than a sharpener but if you have some kind of generic chef knife that you know isn't super fancy that you just need to touch up I would get a kind of inexpensive knife sharpener we have one and it makes a real big difference for our knives Uh, there's a school of thought actually Gordon Ramsay he talks about how he sharpens his knife every single time he uses it which is probably excessive but that's how you avoid injuries most knife cuts in the kitchen happen from having dull knives so for safety's sake get a knife sharpener it's also really pleasurable when you can cut through your food and you're not you know trying to deal with a dull knife that's really frustrating so it's worth the the small investment to get a knife sharpener Number five is a fish spatula, which is metal, really thin. It's got spaces in between it, and um, it's really flexible. So you can bend it slightly, like to really scrape under something. Um, It's great for cookies. Obviously, fish it's really good for, like delicate things. I love it. The one that I have is made by Pioneer Woman, who was given to me by a coworker for Christmas. uh, Gosh, probably like seven years ago, and it's awesome. I use it all the time, especially in cast iron. It's just got that really nice edge. Next is a kitchen scale. When you start cooking using weight measurements or especially baking, it makes a huge difference to have a kitchen scale and get really exact with grams or ounces. So having that is awesome. Um, Also, if you ever end up with a cross-beak chicken and need to weigh her every day, very useful. They come at a variety of prices as well. Usually take a battery. It lasts a long time, especially if you remember to turn it off. Go ahead, get one. You will thank yourself. Number seven, and looking at my whole list, besides the masking tape and Sharpie, I'd say if you're going to get one of these things, get this one. It's heavy duty baking sheets. Really nice and thick. You'll honestly want like the professional grade ones. The ones I have are made by uh, Kaflon, but there's, I think USA Steel makes them. If you go to a chef's supply store, uh, we have one here in Boise, but there, I, I think every major city probably has some version of it. If not, you know, Amazon is king, but you want heavy duty, really thick. That way they, they hold up over time. You can throw them in the sink. If they get water on them, they're not going to warp. These are not your kitchen pans that you're putting in the oven and then hearing that pop sound as it warps and your food's cooking unevenly because now one of the corners is slightly higher. These are not that. And the ones I have had, they were first my mom's, then mine when they downsized the house. They have gotten a lot of use and they are still holding up just wonderfully so make that investment you know in the grand screen not expensive especially if you're not having to replace them they depending on what you're cooking may not be as non-stick as a non-stick baking sheet but 
they're going to be a lot better for you health wise. And that actually brings me to my eighth thing on the list, which is Silpat. And that's a, uh, it's made in France. It's a nonstick baking mat that you just wipe clean. And for baking, it's wonderful. Um, If you're ever looking to make uh, French croissants or macarons, Silpat is your go-to. It is really great to use with those heavy-duty baking sheets because it's got that nonstick element. Also keep a standard roll of parchment that makes a big difference too. Number nine is a wooden rolling pin. I actually have two rolling pins. One is from Anthropology. It's one of those glass ones. It's beautiful. It's very pretty floral pattern on there. I, I put it on our wedding registry. And while it is just gorgeous to look at and it sits in our hutch, it's not the best for baking. It really does not work very well as a rolling pin. Things stick to it. You can't flower it because it's glass and the flower falls off. What I use is actually a wooden rolling pin that I got um, from the dollar store in college. And it has held up. It is tried and true. Wonderful. So wooden. Honestly, you can go get the dollar store one. And as long as you flower it first, it will be your best friend. In a pinch, you can use a wine bottle. I know it is also glass. Um, but if it's got a paper label on there, it works pretty well. And I have done that. So top tip. And my last inexpensive item is a cast iron pan. I know that there is a variety of price points for this, but the lodge pans are tried and true for a reason, and they're pretty inexpensive. You can pick them up at Walmart or Dick's Sporting Goods. You can also find cast iron pans a lot of times at thrift stores or retail shops, and there are tons of videos on YouTube about how to restore them, and even if it is like some rusty, nasty cast iron that you pick up with uh, salt and steel wool, you can get all that off there and then you oil it and bake it and oil it and bake it and you can bring a cast iron pan back to life. Some of the videos I have seen are amazing what people do. So it can be something that is like in your family and passed down. We were given a beautiful one that is definitely not on the inexpensive list from a good friend of ours, uh, Houston, for our wedding. And it's made by Smithy Ironware, which is actually based out of Charleston, South Carolina, which is really fun because that's where Johnson and I met. It's where we were married. We lived there for a long time. And they are absolutely gorgeous, beautiful forged pans. So if you're looking for like the top tier cast iron pan, I'd recommend that one. But you can go with the inexpensive lodge cast iron. And as long as you take care of it and oil it properly, do not use soap in your cast irons, people. You're going to be good to go. All right, let's move on to the expensive items and maybe you can take advantage of some 4th of July sales and get some of these things ordered if you are inclined. So number one is the KitchenAid stand mixer. If you are a baker, you know that this is like the dream machine. I jumped about it for a really, really long time. My husband and his parents gave it to me when Johnson and I were, I don't think we were married yet. I think we were engaged. And um, I, oh no, yeah, we, and now that I'm thinking about it, we were newly engaged because Johnson was like, I think you're more excited about this mixer than you were my proposal. <laughs> and um, it was a close call. I was more excited about your proposal, honey. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I love my mixer. I actually have the professional 600 series six quart bowl lift now. Long story short, we got the meat grinder for the tilt head one, which is what I originally had. 
and it backed up into the machine. I will say, while I love my mixer, I do not love that meat grinder attachment and I would not recommend it to anybody. Don't do it. You can ruin your machine through probably 20 hours on customer service with KitchenAid. I finally got them not only to replace my machine, but upgrade it. And that's how I ended up with the six quart bowl lift professional one. Um, I can tell you if you're interested in comparing between the two that the bowl lift mixer is more heavy duty because it's made with a lot more metal parts and gears versus plastic gears. So the likelihood of it lasting longer is there. It is a little bit stronger. So if you're mixing thicker doughs and that kind of thing, you might want to go for the professional series and the bowl lift is nice in terms of ergonomics while you're baking or cooking with it. I will say with those metal gears, it is a little bit louder than the tilt head. So that's something to factor in, but I love it. I would recommend if you're going to make the investment, they're expensive either way, you know, look for sales. They do go on sale, troll for them. But if you have the funds, I would opt for the professional version simply for the longevity, but both are just wonderful machines and I, I truly do love them. All right, next is nonstick pans. And I will be honest that I actually do not own these, but it is something that I do wish I owned that Johnson and I are saving up for to replace. When we got married, neither one of us were cooking a ton. I actually didn't have much cooking experience. I had a lot of baking experience. And we went with nonstick pans, a really nice set. They have been good, I will say. I mean, we're now in our sixth year with them and they're just now starting to lose their non-stickness non-stickiness but knowing what I know now about Teflon and the health effects and the fact that they have worn out and no longer are non-stick I would go with stainless steel I mean there's a reason they're used in professional kitchens they've got even cooking especially if you get a three ply or five ply or, or copper if you have the fun that that is the the mac daddy of pans is the copper ones but even cooking they can hold up to really high oven temperatures and there are a variety of brands so go ahead if you're going to get the stainless steel ones look at some lists of what are the top 10 stainless steel pans and they'll break them down by price point and what you're going to do with them that kind of thing so yeah if you're a newlywed or newly if you're engaged and you're going to be setting up a wedding registry learn from my mistake go ahead and opt for the stainless steel pan and if you really want something nonstick, go ahead and get one pan that's nonstick. you don't need the whole set it would be better to have a stainless steel set and that one nonstick than a whole set of nonstick pans that then doesn't work a couple years later so that's my advice to you number three is nice knives and that is not necessarily a whole knife set. A lot of times brands will sell the whole knife set and I can tell you I cook a lot. It's not necessary. In my opinion, what you need is one good chef's knife and maybe a paring knife. I actually do, I would say 98% of my chopping with the exact same knife. It's a six inch chef knife, which is small, but I have small hands. Um, a nine inch chef's knife is quite frankly too much for me to handle so I would if I replace our knives it's something that's also on my radar I'm probably going to get a seven or eight inch chef's knife at max but there's also all sorts of Japanese styles that are just angled slightly different that might make it easier for you handle 
highly recommend going somewhere where you can hold the knife and maybe even test it. Some stores have vegetables on hand. Well, they were they will actually let you chop the knife and see how it feels in your hand because the weighting of it, uh, the handle, the material the handle's made out of, the thickness of the blade, all of that is going to play a difference. And uh, granted, a new knife is always going to feel a little bit strange, but you want to make sure it's something that is comfortable for you to use. Number four is something that I didn't know I needed until I had it. And we were given it to us for our wedding present from my granny thank you granny and this gift was an instant pot and honestly when I got married uh, I was 23 and I did not know what an instant pot was this was before they like blew up and um, there was all the craze and now there's cookbooks and everything but at the time it was like just coming out and I was thinking when I learned that it was a pressure cooker I was like what am I gonna do with a pressure cooker I was honestly a little bit afraid of it because all of the stories I had heard about pressure cookers and blowing up and how they're not safe and the burns um that is not the case with the instant pot it's like the modern day pressure cooker that is safe and a wonder wonderful tool I don't make a ton of full meals in it which you totally can and I know a lot of people do that to save time um, what I use it for is actually making a lot of components for meals. So brown rice, wild rice, I make yogurt in it. It's got this awesome feature where all you need is milk and a little bit of uh, previously made yogurt and you can make your own yogurt. And I also use it to cook things like potatoes or sweet potatoes, those things that take a really long time in the oven especially in the summer. I don't want to really turn my oven on if I don't have to. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you have seen how apparently I have a problem with boiling any type of liquid and letting it boil over onto my glass stovetop. So the Instant Pot is great. I can put the brown rice in there and then walk away. I don't have to think about it. So that's what I use it for a lot. I know you can make hard-boiled eggs in it, but there are a ton of great cookbooks. I actually have two, and I have made full meals in there, and they're delicious. The Instant Pot, being a pressure cooker, makes really flavor-packed food because it is pressurizing all of that flavor and herbs and spices into your food. Um, so if you don't have one and you're looking for a time-saving tool, highly recommend it. It's got a saute function, a um, slow cooker option as well. So if you're looking to like find an appliance that can do multiple things to get rid of some of your other things, like a crock pot, you could do that with the Instant Pot and uh, pare down. Number five on my list, similar, didn't know I needed it until we received it. It was a hand-me-down from my second mom, Aunt Trudy, and, and my second dad, Dale. And this is the Breville toaster oven. When they sold our family home and were downsizing, they had this toaster oven and they didn't need it anymore. And so they gave it to Johnson and I, and it is the best tool. Again, summer, not trying to heat up my whole big oven if I don't have to. This toaster oven is like a baby oven. It's got bake, broil, roast features. It You can, of course, toast in it. It actually also has a warming feature. So if you want to use it as like a warming drawer, like a little warming oven, I use that all the time as I'm cooking components and meals just to keep the rest of it warm until I'm ready to serve. Um, in the winter, I put our plates in there while I'm making breakfast so that when I plate everything, it doesn't immediately cool down because I'm putting it on a cold plate. It's wonderful. You can really cook like a full meal in this toaster oven and treat it like an oven. 
I'll also say that Breville's customer service is wonderful. My parents probably had it for like five years and then they gave it to us. We used it like daily for two years. And then one day it just went on the fritz. Didn't work anymore. Johnson and I were heartbroken. So I reached out to Breville to see what they could do. I knew it was way out of its warranty. And they let us buy a brand new one for $150. They really stand by their products. And they're usually, depending on what model you get, in the three, four, five hundred $500 range. Now you can even get them with an air fryer built in. Uh, Johnson and I don't have an air fryer, so um, I can't speak to that. But they're great. And yeah, they're customer service. They let us buy a brand new one for $150. And we've had it for, you know, another three four years since then so it's it's still going and it's an awesome machine highly recommend adding it to your kitchen number six is the Cuisinart ice cream maker which was a gift from my sweet husband and I wanted it for a really long time it was on my wish list and he got it for me as a gift and we love it it's wonderful to be able to make your own ice cream know what's going in it it's you know you can have really unique flavors outside of what you'd find in your grocery store or just take those flavors that you do love to the next level one of my favorites and I posted a reel about how to make it on the Instagram page is a fresh mint ice cream and we've got this mint barrel it has been taken over by the mint naturally so we have a ton of mint and I was like what am I gonna do with all this mint Enter the most delicious mint ice cream that I make with this fresh mint using this Cuisinart ice cream maker. It's so simple, you know, milk, cream, egg yolks to make it like a custard base. Um, I tried making it with honey and that works so you don't even have to use sugar. You can use basically a sweetener of your choice and then the mint, a little bit of vanilla. It's wonderful just so simple but so pure and the perfect summer treat so if you're looking for a way to elevate your cold desserts get that Cuisinart ice cream maker it is awesome number seven is the KitchenAid food processor another workhorse I think this is something that should be in every kitchen if you are looking to grate a bunch of cheese or carrots or slice a bunch of zucchini or I make our own peanut butter, almond butter, sunflower butter, you know, the possibilities are endless and I do it all in this food processor. It's an awesome tool, saves a ton of time. I personally don't like to grate a bunch of cheese. I don't love grating a bunch of carrots, but with this food processor, it takes minutes. The cleanup is really easy. I love it and I believe I have a seven cup and this KitchenAid brand. Again, my mom, Trudy, she had hers for ever, like since they probably got married as well. And it just kept on going. I think she's upgraded at this point, but I'm hoping to have the same experience with ours. It just is a very solid machine made by a great brand. Number eight is kind of along the same vein. It's the Vitamix buy one blender be done the Vitamix is it you can find them on different sales if you're a Costco member I know they always do a lot with Costco and different deals but you can make soups in it you can make your own salsa you can really blend uh, frozen things well versus some of the other blenders where you you know you have your smoothie and all of a sudden you've got like a whole frozen strawberry in there that didn't quite get blended so I love the Vitamix I've had it since college 
still going strong. It's like it was when I got it day one. It's awesome. Number nine is wooden and metal hand tools. So in today's world, we're so used to silicone base and those have their place in the kitchen, silicone, plastic, those kind of things. But I have a crock right next to the stove and it purely holds our wooden and metal hand tools. It's got that fish spatula in it. I have an assortment of wooden spoons. It has a microplane that's metal. It has our ice cream scoop that's metal. It has metal tongs. All of these tools that I just love. There's something really pure about cooking with a wooden spoon over a silicone spatula. These are the kind of things that you buy once and you will probably have the rest of your days. I mean, your your grandmother's wooden spoons, I'm sure she has had for about 40 years and they're, you know, if not longer. And a lot of our wooden spoons are probably older than that because they were our grandmothers and then they were our mothers and now they're ours. They last forever and ever and they just get this beautiful patina on them with wear. And again, there's just something really old world about cooking with a wooden spoon that I love, especially if you are using cast iron or those stainless steel pans, wood, metal is where you want to be. All right, finally, number 10, I'm leaving as my dream machines because these, these ones are expensive. One, if you have been a... A homemaker for long you've probably heard about the harvest right freeze dryer this is not a dehydrator it is a freeze dryer and I have just heard the most amazing things about this freeze dryer with a freeze dryer your food can last for up to 25 years this is what they use for camping meals those kind of things um, freeze-dried fruit where it just lasts and lasts and lasts downside to the harvest right freeze dryers is that they are very very expensive like the smallest cheapest home freeze dryer that they make is uh, it's on sale right now but twenty three hundred dollars but it's normally twenty five hundred dollars and then if you want the medium large extra large it goes up from there so very expensive, but being the the gardener home chef that I am, it's on my dream list. Maybe one day. I mean, hey, Harvest Right, if you happen to be listening and you want to strike up a partnership and send me a home freeze dryer, I would absolutely love that. But um, for now, it's on my kitchen vision board, and I will just manifest that one day I will have this in our kitchen. Um, the other one, because... I guess 10 is kind of a two-part. My more realistic goal, saving up, hope to have one day, is like a real espresso machine. Um, right now I'm thinking Breville. They make some great ones. My brother actually has one. They use it every single day. They love it. They were going to coffee shops and decided, you know, we're going to make the investment, buy this wonderful machine, and have great coffee at home and save the money so in the long run and that's what I hope to do I have a one that was given to us for our wedding and it's been great I mean again I've been using it basically every day for the last six years and um, I just would like to you know level that up at this point so saving up for a really nice espresso machine but again they're like five six seven hundred dollars so um not in the budget right now, but hopefully one day. Bravo, if you're listening, let me know. 
But y'all, let me know what your top 10 are, or or maybe not all 10, but if there's some tool that you have on either the inexpensive list that makes a world of difference in your kitchen or on the expensive list that you believe, hey, this is worth the money, please let me know because I'm always interested to learn about new kitchen tools that make cooking easier, better, a better quality, and I would love to learn about it. So Thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, Next week, we are going to be talking about our closets. So join me back here next Monday. Please share the episode with friends and family that you think would enjoy it. And if you haven't yet, I would love for you to write a review on Apple Reviews or whatever platform you are listening in and um, give us five stars if you're loving it and let me know what you love about the show. Thank you so much, everybody. Have an awesome 4th of July. Thank you for listening to this episode of Untraditionally Traditional. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with those special people who would love it too and write a review. For more tips and photos of my home and garden, follow Untraditionally Traditional Pod on Instagram. Until next week, let's continue to make our homes places of joy and service to ourselves and those we share them with.